Good morning to you. Good morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome, welcome, welcome to Daring Dialogues. I'm your host today, Shantae Charles. I hope that you're having a great and wonderful day. Let's take a moment to breathe together. Breathe with me. Breathe in and out. Breathe in and out. One more time. Breathe in and out. Those three breaths has kept me from doing a lot of things that I would have regretted. (laughs) So I hope that you all are having a great and wonderful day. It is Get Free Friday. Get Free Friday. And we are going to be reading A Black Pearl. And then we're going to hop into Rest is Resistance. But first... We are going to read a card of affirmation today that also comes from the rest is resistance from the rest deck. Let me see. My light is a little bit too bright here. Let's see if we can bring it down some. Can you see that? There we go. Maybe, maybe not. (laughs) It says, I will unravel from urgency. I will unravel from urgency. And I thought to myself, man, this is a really good card going into the weekend. On the back, it says, find a comfortable place to sit or lie down. Then read these words aloud. I deserve patience, grace, mercy, and care. I deserve to not be rushed. I deserve to be seen as powerful and tender. I am worthy of a slow and connected, rested life. When I act with urgency, I am ignoring the beauty of what is here right in front of me. I will surrender to the flow of life. I will rest. Now, I am recognizing the older that I get, that people, especially in the public square, um, when you're talking about going out and doing events or going out to eat or just really any kind of like service-based process, I'm starting to recognize as I get older that what really annoys me is when people try to rush me. I don't know if anybody else has that experience, whether you're going into, you know, you're at a drive-through or you're going into a restaurant and you're doing maybe just an order at the counter any any of that i've often had people try to rush me or they talk really really fast and so you don't understand what they're saying and people get upset when you ask them to slow down or when you ask them to pay attention or when you ask them to repeat what you just said to make sure they get your order right there is this sense of rush 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 
urgency and it annoys me. I have to admit that it does. Um, because nine times out of 10, when people do rush, they get something wrong. And then we have to spend time, more time correcting what you got wrong when you could have just slowed down and listened. And maybe I'm the only one who thinks that way at this point in time in life. <laughs> but I really do have an issue with that. And so I will stand there and I will wait and I'll be like, um, I'll be ready when you slow down. And I'll give them this look just like this. Because what we're not going to do is we're not going to rush through when I need you to understand what it is that I'm saying. Now, I understand in 2023, there are some places I probably wouldn't go because the, the let me just say it this way, the customer service is horrendous. <laughs> so there are certain places I don't go inside because I know how bad the customer service is. I would rather go through the drive-through. And then there are certain places I've just stopped going to altogether because the drive-through service is horrible. The customer service inside is horrible. And for those places, I just write a Google review and I give you a one star. And then I tell everybody about how bad your customer service is and why I would never go there again. That's how I solve that. So I don't, I try not to go to the same places that do this. But I do encourage people to slow down. So if you're in the customer service industry, slow down. Listen to the people that are that use whose orders that you're taking. Slow down. Make sure you heard and understood what people are asking of you and from you. And if you dislike people, you might want to find another industry to work in. Because the service industry is all about people, right? It's all about how we treat people. So just a little note on that. Today's topic is another topic from our Black Pearls that we often cover on Fridays. We haven't done a lot this season, but I am probably going to jump back into doing some more on health for season 13. Today's topic is nutrition, nutrition. There's a Haitian proverb that says the empty bag cannot stand up. So said the hungry enslaved African when scolded for idleness. Let's extend this proverb to apply not merely to food, but to a nutritious diet that will enable us to live productive and satisfying lives. We simply cannot live up to life's challenges when we are malnourished. We must learn to feed ourselves right and by all means feed our children right. Sound nutritional advice can be found in library books, sometimes in newspapers, and in some current magazines. Let's avoid faddish diets and use common sense. We need vegetables, fruits, and grains every day. Let's not use lack of money and time as excuses for poor eating habits. A bowl of oatmeal and orange juice at home costs less than the daily donut and coffee. 
It is we who deal ourselves disadvantages when we eat nutritionally bankrupt foods. On this day, take five minutes to review your dietary habits or your grocery list. And if you find them lacking, pledge to modify your meals so that they are conducive to a healthy body and mind. Mm -hmm. One more. This is for the weekend. The topic is white people. Quote by Malcolm X. I don't think I've ever heard this Malcolm X quote, and so I'm probably going to put it online today. He said, I believe there are some sincere white people, but I think they should prove it. Yep, agreed. <laughs> some of us spend a lot of time thinking about white people and trying to figure out our personal attitude towards them. Should we trust them and how far? Can we really be friends? Others of us have a ready answer to that question. No. Do we really need to take a position on this? The sincerity or lack of it of any individual will, will out themselves eventually. To assume a person's decency from the start can needlessly endanger us. To reject it can handicap us, but perhaps preventing us from establishing a mutually beneficial and rewarding relationship. Trust your judgment of people. Take your relationships one step at a time. Allow your intuition about people to work, knowing that the good or ill will of those around you will be revealed. There are some sincere white people, but they should prove it. I'm totally in agreement with Malcolm X on that one. And finally, let's hop into our reading for today. Rest is Resistance, a Manifesto by Tricia Percy. We started by looking at the term womanist. We are in her part one, rest, and we are on page 57. She is going to continue to talk to us about the woman, the term womanist, and then why we are not resting. And we'll see how far we can get in the topic today. My study and commitment to womanism informs much of my curiosity of the visions of a well-rested future. I know that my visualizations of what a world without capitalism and oppression looks like is based on something I have never experienced in this lifetime. It is dream work and alchemy. My personal work is to more fully understand the process of transformation while being clear about the realities we exist in. I am always pondering, what will a well-rested world for all people hold? What will be the elements? Will everyone get free from grind culture? Have we been tangled up in the muck of the grind for so long that we may never come up for air? The book, Making a Way Out of No Way, A Womanist Theology by Monica Coleman, gave voice to what I couldn't fully articulate but have felt since the work of rest has received greater attention. She said, not all evil can be overcome in this world, and yet a postmodern womanist theology maintains hope in the struggle to creatively and constructively respond to it. Sometimes feelings of discord are the result of the conflicts in this world. 
Sometimes liberation is not possible, but survival and quality of life are. All-encompassing health, wholeness, unity, and salvation are never fully attained in this world. As we constantly become, we are constantly vulnerable to evil and constantly capable of overcoming it. In postmodern womanist theology, salvation is an activity. Each new moment brings possibilities in both directions. A postmodern womanist theology strives for tangible representations of the good. The good includes justice, equality, discipleship, quality of life, acceptance, and inclusion. My personal attempt at disrupting capitalism and white supremacy by resting does not appear to be a goal with an unattainable end. Because as I evolve and heal, evil is always present. A valuable question is, how can we afford to rest when the colonizing empire we live within daily continues to rage on and grow stronger? The empire continues to morph, to plan, and strategize to maintain its power. The words of Monica Coleman above pull back the veils we have all been wearing as part of living in a toxic system. We believe that we can heal and reimagine new ways of living by recreating the evil and abuse taught to us. Yes, the system continues raging and destroying, but we will not be able to tap into spaces of freedom, joy, and rest by pushing our precious bodies and minds in abusive ways. To rest is to creatively respond to the grind culture's call to do more, be more, gain more, 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 more. It's the possibility of rest, reparations, resurrection, and repair that holds us like a warm, soft blanket. How do we make the impossible possible? How do we process the theft of our dream space and our humanity? Where do we place the grief of our treatment under grind culture? How can we begin to understand how white supremacy strips us of our connection to spirit? How can we begin to explain the spiritual deficiency that occurs when you follow and uplift white supremacist thinking? How do we transform grief to power? Lay and rest in these questions. We don't have to have a complete answer for everything right now. We don't have to know everything. We don't have to be everything. We don't have to do everything. There is space for the unknown. There is space for curiosity and mystery. There is space to just allow rest to settle and answer the questions for us. Everything we know about rest has been tainted by the brainwashing from a white supremacist capitalist system. As a culture, we don't know how to rest and our understanding of rest has been influenced by the toxicity of grind culture. We believe rest is a luxury, a privilege, and an extra treat we can give to ourselves after suffering from exhaustion and sleep deprivation. Rest isn't a luxury, but an absolute necessity if we're going to survive and thrive. Rest isn't an afterthought, but a basic part of a human being. Rest is a divine right. Rest is a human right. We come into the world prepared to love, care, and rest. The systems kill us slowly via capitalism and white supremacy. Rest must interrupt. Like hope, rest is disruptive. It allows space for us to envision new possibilities. We must reimagine rest within a capitalist system. For many, rest feels elusive, and there is no model for rest in our culture. We must create the model and dream up new ways of being.
It is our work to reimagine rest for ourselves. We do this by tapping into the infinite imagination we have as divine beings. We slowly take our time to go underneath the many layers of trauma we have experienced individually and collectively in this violent system. We lay down literally and figuratively. So why are we not resting? We are not resting because we are still connecting to our rest in a capitalist, trendy, consumer-driven way. The way we have been trained under a capitalist system, our work is not about a one-day-only event where leaving your homes is necessary to rest in a fancy retreat center or hotel. This work is about slow unraveling that will require your participation for your entire life. This is a cultural shift rooted in an embodiment lens. This means that we must actively practice, engage, and push back against the dominant culture. We must snatch and integrate rest in the quiet, loud, mundane, and full moments of our lives daily. We must remain committed to building community and go into the deepest cracks to gather and care for anyone left behind. Treating each other and ourselves with care isn't a luxury, but an absolute necessity if we're going to thrive. Resting is not an afterthought. It is a basic part of being human. Now, how am I utilizing this or how am I practicing this in my daily life? You saw earlier this week where I was exhausted (laughs) and I ended the show early to go take a nap because guess what? I'm going to practice what I preach, (laughs) point blank, plain and simple. Also this week, my husband was working from home this week because he was not feeling very well most of the week. And guess what? I told him to do. Go take some naps. Yes, you got to get work done. Yes, you have project deadlines and all of that. But make sure you're taking at least two 30-minute naps every day. And so yesterday, we both took a nap at the same time. And I can't tell you when's the last time we were both home and both taking a nap. It's probably been years, right? But when we both got up from that nap, we felt so rested and rejuvenated. And even though I had clients and uh, students that I'm working with, and I'm working with them until um, 9 p.m. for the most part for the next couple of weeks just to help students pass exams and entrance exams for college. I still have to take time for myself to do what I need to do to keep myself in balance. And part of that is resting. Part of that is taking a nap. So I want to challenge you um, if you are in that you know, 30-hour, 40-hour, 50-hour, 60-hour-a-week mode that you're making sure that you're leaving some spaces in there to get some rest or to take some short naps. Your nap can be 15 minutes, 30 minutes, 10 minutes at the least, but try to put some time in there where you're just closing your eyes, you're resting your eyes. And did I have a timer? I absolutely did. And I utilized it. Um, And so, like she said, this has got to be 
something that you start doing as your practice. You got to start incorporating it. It can't just be, I'm going to work, work, work for, you know, 26 weeks nonstop. And then I'm going to stop for a week and do a vacation. Because what I found out when I did that kind of schedule, I found out that I spent my vacations not feeling well. And I spent my vacations recovering from all of the work that I was doing. So I really didn't even enjoy my vacations because I either slept the entire time or my body realized that it was taking a break. And so all of the stuff that my body had kind of been holding back as far as illness would happen during that vacation time. So I still didn't get a chance to enjoy it because I spent the vacation time not feeling well and then going back into a setting where I still didn't feel like I was rested. So again, I want to encourage you to kind of evaluate and think about how are you resting? Are you taking time to rest for yourself? If you are doing vacation breaks, what do those breaks look like? Do you actually feel rested? Or is your body just spending time recovering? Do you spend most of your vacations not feeling well or you have a cough or you have a cold or you feel exhausted? Because that's still not a break. That's your body shutting down and revealing all of the stuff that's been you've been holding back from working. So that's still not a break. So think about that. You must make space for rest in small and large ways. We want it to become a daily practice that is reimagined by you. You are the expert of your own body. Your body is yours and knows the way. Our embodiment will happen in our bodies daily and our spirits forever. In the spirit of Audre Lorde who said revolution is not a one-time event, We intentionally don't participate in social media challenges around naps or in trendy one-off events that don't include intensive education centering Black liberation in history. We must uplift meticulous depths of what decolonizing and deprogramming truly looks like. The Rest is Resistance framework also does not believe in the toxic idea that we are resting to recharge and rejuvenate so we can be prepared to give more output to capitalism. What we have internalized as productivity has been informed by a capitalist, ableist, patriarchal system. Our drive and obsession to always be in a state of productivity leads us to the path of exhaustion, guilt, and shame. We falsely believe we are not doing enough and that we must always be guiding our lives toward more labor. The distinction that must be repeated as many times as necessary is this. We are not resting to be productive. We are resting simply because it is our divine right to do so. That is it. Rest in this proclamation for a moment. Our rest is centered on connecting and reclaiming our divinity given to us by our birth. The concept of filling up your cup first so you can have enough in it to pour to others feels off balance. It reeks of the capitalist language that is now a part of our daily mantras. Language like, I will sleep when I'm dead, or rise and grind, or while they sleep, I grind. 
If it doesn't make money, it doesn't make sense. Wake up to hustle and many more. The cup metaphor is also most often geared toward women who, because of patriarchy and sexism, carry the burden of labor in our society. Marginalized women, specifically Black and Latina women, make up the largest group of laborers in a capitalist system. Our labor historically has been used to make the lives of white women less hectic and more relaxed. So when I hear and see this filling your cup language repeated on memes on social media and in the larger wellness community, I realize that our view of rest is still burdened with the lies of grind culture. I propose that the cups all be broken into little pieces and we replace pouring with resting and connecting with our bodies in a way that is centered on experimentation and repair. I don't wanna pour anymore. It is time to begin the dismantling of the cult of busyness one person at a time, one heart at a time, one body at a time. Our resting is not a one-time event because to disrupt the grind culture, there must be a global mind shift that is relentless, constant, subversive, and intentional. To push back against the machine of white supremacy and capitalism, even for 10 minutes, is a miracle. This will look like rest being available to everyone, no matter your income, physical ability, sexuality, gender, geographic location, or access. It is not connected to consumerism, capitalism, or the never-ending goal of many to go viral. The NAP ministry and our rest is resistance framework are a total pause on everything we have ever been taught about wellness from a white supremacist capitalist lens. We don't want more of the same and are fully dedicated to interrupting and cultivating infinite imagination that will release our dream space. So we are going to stop there. And again, season 13, we will be picking up where we left off. I am, of course, going to continue to read. But if you want to get caught up with us, and grab your book, Rest is Resistance, a manifesto to read with us on Fridays. I encourage you to do so. Catch up with us. We'll be picking up on page 64 when we return for season 13. Season 13 is going to kick off on November uh, 1st. Let me see. I believe that's November 1st is on a Wednesday. Yes, November 1st is on a Wednesday. Remember, for the month of October, we are going to still be broadcasting on Black Table Talk on Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So for the month of October, we are doing a special series on Hoodoo, Understanding Its Origins. Two other books that I have recently picked up, and I want to point out something here as this week is Banned Books Week. We encourage you to read banned books. This is an example of a banned book. This is The Hate You Give by Angie Thomas. She also has a film that came out by the same name, The Hate You Give. It was playing in movie theaters. I went to see it, very powerful rendition of the story, but that is a banned book. It is not 
allowed in certain public libraries and school libraries. So I want to encourage you this week to read banned books. These are two books that have been removed recently from the library. This first book is called My Face is Black is True. My Face is Black is True. Callie House and the Struggle for Ex-Slave Reparations. Because yes, that's how long the reparations fight has been going on. This book has been removed from public libraries. I picked up this copy online through Amazon. And this one, this copy was removed from the Palestine Public Library in Palestine, Texas. Just showing you the, uh, the evidence there. Okay, they sold it to Amazon and I have the book now. Second book, Repair, Repair. Redeeming the Promise of Abolition. Hmm, why would they be removing this from the public library? Repair invites readers to explore the historical context for reparations, offering a detailed account of the circumstances that surrounded the emancipation of enslaved black people in two unique contexts, the Sea Islands of South Carolina, i.e. Gullah Geechee people, and Davis Bend, Mississippi, um, that, that is the, um, G's, the, the, I think it's called the G's Ben Quilters in that region, Jefferson Davis's former plantation. Through these two critical examples, Catherine Frank unpacks the intergenerational systemic racism and white privilege at the heart of American society and argues that reparations for slavery are necessary. She argues they are necessary overdue and possible. This was removed from the Athens County Public Libraries in Athens, Georgia. I now have the copy. So if you want to know what is actually being removed and erased in real time, it's the evidence concerning reparations. That's a part of what's being removed out of your public libraries, out of your school libraries. So that tells us that they do not want to be held accountable for what they know they should be paying to the descendants of African-Americans. So when we talk about erasure, we're also talking about erasure of evidence, erasure of proof, erasure of accountability, erasure of responsibility to repay being purposefully done. All right. Again, the book is called Repair, Redeeming the Promise of Abolition by Catherine Frank with an E on the end. And My Face is Black is True, Callie House in the Struggle for Ex-Slave Reparations, written by Mary Frances Berry, B-E-R-R-Y. All right. If you are listening by Google Play or Spotify, I want to thank you for tuning in to season 12, episode 99. Our last episode of this season will be held on Monday and it will be episode 100. I want to thank you for your listening and thank you for your time and attention. Remember to treat yourself well 
and be well, and most importantly, be light. Take care.